Welcome back to Higher Special, everybody. It's so special, you're going to want to listen. It's so special, we don't even have a beat today. We don't even have a laptop out. Uh, also, but what are we recording on then, Nikki? No notes, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Right, everybody. So this is, uh, we've Nikki and I have decided that every month we're going to reserve one episode for ourselves to just, you know, talk shop, talk about all the things that we've absorbed and learned from, so last month was our month on how to get a job, about recruitment, to uh, recapitulate some of the learnings that we've had, fill it in with some of the things that we know, um, because even the special episode, well, we're having... We'll be having a fantastic time ourselves. We still want it to be helpful and educational to y'all. So that's what special is all about. It's also a little bit shorter, and I'm going to try to make shorter questions. And it's a little bit of a memory test, I guess, for us to remember what happened in the month and just see what we took out of all the episodes that we had with the great guests that we had on our show. But it's devastating, though, isn't it? Because we're so I'm busy doing the recording and doing the tech check in the backdrop. Then we're also still trying to monitor the output from everybody. And then we also speak on the show. And then afterwards, it's like a it's like a blank. It's almost like a traumatic event to me. I don't remember anything we've spoken about. It's, <laughs> it's terrible. But then I, I edit the episodes and I listen to everything again and it comes back. But in that moment, it's just action. It feels like when I was working in events, though, as well, like you have an event and then it's like nothing. You know, we've been spent so much time together and then, it's you know, we have a bit of a break. So it's quite nice to remember what we did and, and think about all the great tips that we got from all of our guests. Yes, because we care about quality control. Obviously, we listen to the entire episode en revue. Um, so whom did we have, Nikki? We Memory had, test number one. Oh, yeah, exactly. We had Anya, we had Shona, and we had Manuel. Who was your favourite? Oh, don't ask me that, Tom. <laughs> they were all great. No, they were all brilliant. Um, amazing tips we got from each one of them. Quite different tips, but also similar. And I think that's why we did the month like that. So we could have a bit of a golden thread running mm. through. So you learn something after listening to all of them. Yes. I mean, talking about learning as well on Go Higher podcast and Instagram, we always post the individual episode when it goes live, obviously, but also sort of the top three tips and takeaways that we have taken out of speaking um, with everybody. If you have listened to any of those episodes, it would be a dream if you were to hop back um, onto our IG channel and just, you know, post your main takeaways, any questions, follow ups that you would love to um, for us to go fish for, because we have these people in our network. We want to make them your network as well. And this would be a really cool way to also engage so sound off let us know what you think and of course anyone else you know that might be able to give us extra tips that we can share as well i think we always want to learn we always have new voices coming as well and if you know anyone else who who has some great knowledge to share which we love knowledge share on our show Mm -hmm. send us a message as well and we'll be sure to to reach out to them so yeah tom what was your favorite thing that you learned so to me we were trying to be a little bit cheeky because so for everybody who's listening here it's always interesting when we start um, inviting people onto the show because especially on the recruitment episode they all have day jobs as well so we can't say who nuked an interview completely tell us the name and their social security number so it's quite funky to sometimes navigate about some of the detail we can't actually speak about Um, but one of my favorite things was you know we did ask do you have any horror stories anything that when someone came into your room to do an interview with you that was just so off-putting like bad teeth (laughs) being really not being properly dressed or appropriately dressed for the job so i really enjoyed listening to especially from shona listening to some of her um some of her stories of candidates that she has seen that would not know her name 
they would call her, what did they call her? Shiona? Shonda? Fiona. Fiona. Shiona. Um, Fiona. Because I, so, and also, Nick, we spoke about this before, Nikki, but interview horror stories out of your personal life, I'd be quite keen to hear because I have many. But I told you I only did one. Yeah, but that's precisely <laughs> the point. This person got away with only doing one interview in her entire life, and look at her now. Fantastic. <laughs> it speaks to you just being discovered. And no, found. no, that's, that's that team. was a bit, yeah, okay, one, but one was for my job at the moment, which was more serious, I would say, because, I don't know, going into the corporate world was, was a bit different to what I've had before. So anyone else before was kind of how who I knew I guess and we do mm. speak about that your your network and and how you can use and work your network to make sure that you know you can get a job in different mm. wherever you want to go um so yeah basically my first proper quote-unquote interview was with where I am now which is super interesting because we also spoke about this hidden job market quite a bit. And um, I, for the life of me, I could not find the resource that actually stated this. But at least in Switzerland, where we are, it said that 70% of jobs that actually go to people, that people get hired for, um, are never advertised. So for anybody out there who is looking for a job, just waiting for them to pop up on the job board, it's not it. You're missing out on the vast majority of it. So using your network, getting the work, uh, the word out that you're looking for a particular role, even if you have a specific company, reach out to the people that work there. Just be keen, be interested. Instead of open one door, then open another one, and eventually you find the one where your contract ideally resides in, um, which admittedly very tricky. Um, in the current climate and all countries are different as well so Mm. we have to remember that depending on the country you're listening in um obviously there's different tricks and of the trade there as well but when you're going for an international company which we're tend to be speaking about a lot um there's all those secret little tricks that Mm. that we got from from our guests which were really really helpful i think we'll definitely use them as well in the future especially things for linkedin i think there's a few little things i Mm. really like there that you know just make sure your profile's up to date don't wait for the job to come first like make sure it's always up Mm. to date you know when you're working keep looking keep that algorithm going which is also part of the reason why we wanted to have someone like Manuel on the show. Because if you Google how to LinkedIn like a pro, then it will tell you exactly what kind of information to put into your profile and where to put it and what kind of wording you want to do. So I know for a fact that the Google search engine, for instance, so that if you are new to search engine optimization, what you want to try and achieve is that your name, if someone Googles you, is the first entry in Google. So that this is the first click people don't have to scroll down. Google actually only has access to your the about section in your LinkedIn profile. So everything else that you write in your job, your whole experience, this wonderful thing, if it doesn't, if it is not represented, if it doesn't resonate in that about segment, um, then Google can't see it. Right. But so there's so much information out there about this, what to put where, do to do. What Manuel told us is how to actually use what you have on LinkedIn, not just how do you put it together, but then go out there and leverage it, be discoverable, force people to discover you. I think that was the wonderful piece in this segment. Yeah. Episode one, by the way, if you missed it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I think also don't just rely on one platform, mm. right? We spoke about lots of different platforms, making sure your, you know, your Google search can be good as well right so say they're searching for you they want to see maybe you're writing things maybe you've got a blog all of those things make sure that they're they're optimized for that search for the recruiters because they're not just going to go to linkedin really are they 
Well, LinkedIn is LinkedIn is a big portal for recruiters to go, and so, I mean, oftentimes they will also work with executive search firms. So I think if you if you are under the scrutiny of professional recruiters, then your LinkedIn needs to be top notch. But if you want to just show who you are, leaving a... And it's, we always talk about nobody should have a digital footprint and the internet is stealing all of our data. They possibly do. But you still want to be sure that those elements of your professional acumen and your personality that you want other people to see is somehow visible in the internet. LinkedIn is one of those platforms, of course. We also spoke about the importance of being someone that has a passion and having a demonstrable one. So I spoke about the interns, for example, that we work with that are all on their way to be Nobel Peace Prize laureates <laughs> um, because they're busy. Yeah. They have a plan. They have a passion. They do stuff next to the university studies. They blog. They write. They contribute. They come on podcasts like ours, for example. Um, and so that matters. Right. And something we'll get into next month a bit more, the side hustle. Mm, uh-huh. the We've side got some hustle, really great guests hustle. coming up next month on that. Um, but yeah, there's so many things you can do, you can continue to do. Um, even your social media, just make sure that that is looking clean too. Um, mm. You know, that's important. We didn't get too into that. Maybe we can talk about that now. About the social media? Yeah. Well, please do teach us. So how your social media platforms can be you know make sure that they're looking good make sure that you're not posting really crazy stuff you know recruiters will go to them and search mm. it i mean if you just put your name in your your instagram account will come up you don't mm. even have to go into the platform as such as google will, will bring it up so just make sure that that is um is looking good too and and you know like you said tom there are things that you are passionate about that are on mm. there too because then they'll see the real person yeah and you know what it, what this also shows is that um, and this is something that we deeply care about is even if you want to go for a nine to five job. So we talk quite a bit about entrepreneurships in, uh, in, in, in the next month. So in, in March, this is 2021. Um, even if you want to have a nine to five job, you need to we want you to go in and not just think about those eight hours of the day. What else is there? How can you be active? How can you contribute to the community that you have entered into culturally, which is what Shona also has talked about. It's not about fit. It's about cultural contribution that the new hire can make because hiring is expensive. I've heard of, you know, this is very senior people, but sort of one recruitment spree could cost up to like a quarter million dollars to get the top candidates. So they want to make sure their investment is sound. And if you can demonstrate that you are someone who cares about this, who is someone that's, you know, busy in your local community fixing problems, um, that matters. So while your CV and your LinkedIn profile, it's your uh, your maquillage, it's your makeup, you need to make sure that your, your body is healthy, that your bones are robust and um, that you have the integrity that people are looking for. Yeah, and I think it's not only, you know, your CV as well, it's many other things that you can do, especially if you're listening in that you don't have huge amount of experience. There's always things you can bring from your past. Right, we've always got things mm. that we've learned in school, in university, um, captain of the football team, captain of the hockey team, whatever it is. Even as, as an, any type of athlete, you're part of the community um, and oh, many other things, music. There's so many things that you can put on your CV that can help you to stand out and be a little bit different. Yeah. Which is part of the, which is, so if you are already following us on Instagram, shameless plug, one of our hashtags is growth mindset. And so mindset matters, not only to people that look at your profile, but also in term, also to, to give you a focus. So if you are a job seeker, you might not necessarily know where is that job, where is that position, which one am I going to get? 
But if you know who you are and if you know what you want as your next step, it could also be one out of five options, then your mind is going to start noticing and seeing these opportunities as they sort of, as they come about, because otherwise you might miss them. So funny story, the first uh, job that I actually got, I barely interviewed for. So word had gotten out that I was looking for, um, for a position and um, a, a director in a company had had lost an employee because um, she was moving abroad. So it was the right moment and I was in the right network um, because someone I knew at the time um, also knew that director. So they had spoken, but I didn't quite know about that. So I was on a plane and after I had landed, I had um, three missed phone calls from a telephone number prefix that I didn't recognize. And so I thought, this is spam. This is spam. Someone wants to sell me insurance. I will not pick up the telephone. This is a complete disaster uh, because I wasn't thinking about it. I was. This has been after been I think a month of unemployment, and it, it was it was quite it was the first time for me, and it was quite tough. And so I came home and I told um, I told my ex partner about this number, and he said, "It's them, you idiot! Pick up the telephone. It's them." And I did, and the person answered, "This is the director X Y Z from. Would you like a job?" So you never know where it comes from, but you need to pay attention to the fact that it might. Otherwise, I might have totally missed this. I'm going to touch a little bit on the telephone call as well. It's something that we don't do anymore, really, yeah, right? True. So you immediately were like, I don't know who this is. I'm not answering. We do it so often. We barely even call our families sometimes. You know, it's always text and it's always LinkedIn or messages and things like that. And the importance of that conversation, maybe we can discuss that a bit further, that it's a bit more personable. Uh, same with messages on LinkedIn. Um, Shona ex- said it's exactly the same thing. Make sure you get the name right. Make sure you, mm. you know, ask them a question about what they do as well. Like, don't just go, can I have a job or whatever it is, or even worse, don't just ask for the connection without actually sending a message. Because <laughs> yeah. I, I find that like outrageous and crazy because so many connections come to me and, and just ask to be connected with no rhyme or reason. And, mm. and why would I have them in my network? And that's another thing we do talk about later on is in the next month is our network and and how to look after it and make Mm. sure it's the right people around us you know don't just have people just for the sake of it true so anybody who's here on the phone and again this is not for everyone we also spoke uh, speak about the diversity but quite a lot not every in like outreach or engagement angle is the right one for you i think in this age of telephone call scarcity it's a very powerful factor but also you need to get someone's telephone number first um the other bit that you just mentioned which is spectacular and i just see it go wrong all the time is be personable Right, so show the other person that you've done your homework. You're actually intrigued, not because they might give you a job, but because of who they are. And this can go quite deep. So I'm a bit of a research fiend. I'm a bit of a stalker before I go into uh, job interviews. And so I learned that my um, previous line manager, um, he didn't curse. So it was like a public thing. He would not use. He would never curse. He wouldn't. He wouldn't. He wouldn't. And cuss. what did you do first? And to me, I'm, I'm having that sort of in private. I'm trying not to do it on the show, but I have a huge potty mouth. So, um, the in the first ten seconds that I had met him, I had made this resolution to myself to not do it. But then a something slipped out, and then I was cussing myself out for the fact that it slipped out, and he was just looking at me. But in the end, it worked because he noticed that I was trying not to do it, a.k.a. I've done my research. So it was actually a wonderful bonding moment for us. Um, But so little things like this matter. How will you be the one that they recall out of all the people that get interviewed? It can be small things like this. The same thing happened where where I am now. And in the interview, I knew I had like 
three people, four people in the room. It was quite mm. scary. Um, after the first stages, obviously, when I got into the room and I had a feeling and I knew that my line manager and a couple of the team members were into sport. And I just brought that in to the conversation. You know, even though I speak about myself, not not putting that forward all the time. I do now, but for a while I stopped talking about sport. But I just realized that was the moment. And I just started talking about cricket, started talking about all the different things that, you know, motorsport as well, obviously, because that was where we were. But it was something that was a conversation starter. And it kind of made me, I guess, more personable, more, you know, just having a conversation, not talking about Hmm. the job every time. And Shona mentions this a lot, actually, about, you know, not just coming in reeling off what the company's done, what the company's doing, how many employees are in the company was something that she said. Like, that is just, come on, oh, need you need to do need a bit to, more than that. Yeah, you have to have this kind of fact in in your head, but it's not your it's not your pitch, it's not your elevator pitch, it's not your selling point. The selling point is what you said before, and you're so good at that, Nikki. You just need to be a person. <laughs> just be a person. <laughs> just be a person. Just come to the interview and be a person. I mean, there's also... But they're just people too, right? You have to remember that. Like, yes. Even when you're speaking to senior leaders or you want to connect yeah. with them, they're just people at the end mm. of the day. And yes, maybe they won't like that way, but they are people. They'll definitely think and remember mm. you if you do have that sort of personable approach. Mm. But it's it's a tricky thing. And it also, this comes with practice, which is incredibly frustrating, but you need to be able to read the room. So sometimes you have people in a room that are just not accepting of all of this energy that you want to bring in. And it's easier if you, it's important to speak in the other person's mindset always when you do interviews, right? This is how you go on the same wavelength. This is how you um, um, sort of in a very subtle manner suggest that you are actually the same. And then once you have that established and it works, then you can step on the gas a little bit more. And so, you know, I have the tendency to sort of kick in the door and like do a dance <laughs> I'm break. I'm like, I'm here, see me, look at me. And people are just like, oh my goodness, who's this clown? But so, you know, this can, it happens to me all the time. So this is, this is my struggle. I need to Degas slightly yeah. so that I can actually so that other people can also approach me and I can invite them in yeah. rather than just rushing them along. and then give all of Tom after that all of that <laughs> but yeah I mean you're right um but at the same time you know if you go to interviews and we did speak a lot about this in our in the three interviews we had or three podcast sessions we had um what was I going to say um talking about I can't remember that you know that sometimes happens although there you go. to the to the to the eager listener in what was it episode with Anne, the episode with episode three with anya this happened to me as well especially after making a very menacing announcement that i'd be asking the tough questions and then i didn't have any but in you know to give the choosies as well to everybody who's listening to us out there this happens all the time it's completely normal and i've just remembered well then there's your comeback do it <laughs> Well, it's just about, you know, the company also having your values as well and accepting you as you, right? You can tone it down a little bit, obviously, at certain points, but then you will feel if the company's right for you as well, Mm. which at the moment we know is tricky because you may need that job. But if you can at all try and, for example, you've already got a job and you're just looking and you get an interview. Is this the company you really want to leave something to go to the next company like are they really for you mm. and i think we have to remember that as well yeah so while shonag was cautioning us against talking about perfect fit sort of from the recruiter's standpoint i think for you as the applicant 
Um, that's a very important question. And it's very difficult, especially if you're just starting out. So if you're looking for your first job, someone to give you your break, sometimes it's not your ideal break, but you can see in strategy, you will get the skills from it. It's a good company. It's going to be amazing on your CV. Maybe it's worth it to sort of hustle through for a year or two or three. Um, so it's a very complicated question. And even more tricky is to not go into an interview and saying, oh my God, please allow me to work here. Please, 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 I will do anything. I will dismantle my entire personality for you. And I'll also bring milk in the morning. So when do you walk away? When do you pull back? That's another really complicated question. There's, there's no good answer for it. But I think it's something that we all have to develop a feeling for and a sense and the bravery and the ability to also say this because the employer won't win if they hire somebody who has just pretended to really wanting to be there and in the long run you're going to run out of juice and as you, you said it. it's it can cost companies money for that you know mm. if you take the job you move location there's all that money that's been spent to try and get you there as well and yeah. um on both sides you know you've made yourself available as well so just think of that while you're doing those interviews it's not easy but no true mm. Okay, I have to. So I had this thought before, but I had already spoken for two minutes without taking a breath. So I thought I'd pause, but I need to take us back to um, prep and research before you go uh, into any interview situation. Obviously, you need to know your elevator pitch. How does your skill set match the actual job description? So this is not just citing things. This is translating what you can do into the language of the company and the job. That is the hard work. You need to do research, 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 and then you need to do pitch training, pitch training, pitch training. But on top of this, this is quite insidious, actually. A family member of mine, and I shall not say how we are connected, per se, um, did a bunch of research about the person that was going to hire them. And so, interestingly, figured out that the hiring manager, who was a man, uh, was into basketball. And so said family member actually went into the interview with a basketball under his arm and said oh i've just come from basketball practice he's never played basketball in his life i mean you know i just need to share this oh so this God. is entirely up to you do you want to go that route do you want to play it like that i don't know <laughs> but this story was in my head and this was my moment to tell it so here we are <laughs> i think we can go back a little bit to manuel and and what he told us about yeah. linkedin again i know we've talked about it a lot but just because you know the month is about that and the recruiter side of things and, and us thinking that you know, there's robots there or AI, as you want to call it, <laughs> the, robots. the robots that keep, you know, spitting out these applicants to the recruiters and that's it. Like, but what else? Like, how else can you do it? I know we spoke about reaching out to the recruiter, you know, maybe finding someone who's in the job already. But is there anything else that we learned in our month that we can we can you know continue to do that we can relay yeah. i think i mean one of the things that became quite glaringly clear especially between what manuel and anya had to say is that not not it's not a one-size-fits-all not every approach works for everybody like i mentioned earlier so the nature of outreach can be quite different right so it can be a bit of a daunting pros prospect even to just send an invitation request on linkedin to someone from a company that you aspire to work in can be quite a bit but it's sort of think about it as a sort of a russian nesting doll right the totality of it is your network and your sort of outreach potential but you can go very granular and write to the exact person you could also write to former employees if you want to sort of like diffuse it a little bit and not go into the recruiter directly you can figure out is this company speaking at events for example are there public presentations where you can raise your hand in the virtual audience and make a comment 
um, to flag. So I'm currently talking to, I don't want to say it's a pursuit because he would think I'm a creeper. <laughs> but so I'm, I'm currently talking to, um, to, to a wonderful guy working out of Barcelona. He's actually Scottish, um, who is a fiend in digital events brilliant has been doing it for years and years and years even before it became a hot thing and sort of randomly ran into him in um in, in a public um open event um with horaces out of switzerland actually and then i sort of went into his distribution list and now I keep showing up at his events um which are notoriously tricky because the audience sort of sits there and like sips their tea but doesn't answer any questions and then i always come and i'm like oh william i'm back i'm back i'm back i'm back i have a question it's like oh my goodness tom you're here really but so now he will remember mm-hmm. and i promise you the next Next time that I need anything around mm-hmm. virtual events, I can pick up the telephone and call Will. Be like, hey, man, can you help me out? Just through that act of sort of showing up to the things that matter to him mm-hmm. and helping him generate value at his events because I'm, I was activating the audience. It's right? so, so many ways. true. And we we're talking about, OK, now like virtual events, but how other things I have learned and how I've got connections were going to events, too. And the importance of getting involved in those events just don't don't just go and sit there and listen like the lunchtime the coffee break go and meet people and Mm. try and interact a bit you get business cards you can get lots of different things I don't know how it quite works in many virtual events these days but I think I went to one I mean I know I went to one and I just loved the speaker and I just connected on LinkedIn and that's Mm. how you do it and you just say again don't just ask the connection go oh I loved your speech I thought it was great you know can we connect I have similar things similar values there's so many ways to get those connections and you never know what will happen Mm. in the future so one of them actually was someone I met two years ago and I'm going to do an event with them now next month that's amazing so Again, even our next month, we have someone on our podcast where I met a few years ago as well. And oh, yeah, true. those connections just come up, come back again. And, and they'll always, you know, mm. help you out if you've been kind to them, if you've sent a nice message. Um, it's really, really important. And, and I think the virtual events are slightly different now, but you can still get those connections. And, and I mean, mm. who was it? Shona spoke about as well. Mm. Um, those interviews what are they called those interviews where they have everyone in a room assessment center yeah the assessment center oh. and that is the coffee moment the lunch moment you you were being watched all the time I think yes. that's something I liked I liked about Shona speaking about that was not everyone realizes that they're being watched all the time and that's also where you can get connections too in a well yes in a recruitment setting but it's actually interesting if you apply this to events as well so even if it's a digital event um, the majority of names will just be completely inactive. So it's relatively easy to actually stand out and mm-hmm. do something. What you've just described, because you're a little bit like me, sort of like you open the door and it's like, the party has arrived. <laughs> I want to like get to know all of you and what is happening. Do, 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 do. Um, that's not everybody's cup of tea. But I don't want, I wouldn't want, um, you know, any more sort of uh, introverted energy profile listeners to say, oh, I can't, I could never do this. Going in and speaking to someone with like a fully formulated opinion about your interest in their field and why would want to be connected, Mm -hmm. that can be quite daunting. Also, you're attending the events, so you're Mm -hmm. kind of busy with other things. But what you can always do is to say, I found this super interesting. I would love to be connected. Do you mind if I write to you on LinkedIn? I have a couple of follow-up questions. And you can study those sentences and it's going to be easy. Mm. And everybody can do this. For some, it's going to be a bit easier for some a bit harder but you can practice something like this as a skill set and usually if you signal to someone that you find that topic interesting that you find them interesting that you are in need of mentorship um, or leadership to develop yourself it is so flattering if someone comes to you with a request like this i have never been let down by anybody that i've asked 
I'm not quite sure how to behave in my sort of in my professional world right now. I need a piece of advice. Mm. Nobody has ever said to me, no, I don't have time. Outside of work, obviously, but sort of at events like this. No, it's and it is daunting. You said that for it depends on your personality, but you can practice that and you can learn how to be better at it. And like you said, most people will be very open to you coming to them to asking, especially as you said, as you know, if you know what they're about, mm. if you've done a bit of homework, because a lot of events I attended when we were able to go to, we would get the list of people beforehand. So you can read up and see who's there, maybe who you might like to. Oh, pro tip. Yeah. Look at the attendee list. Of course. And, and you find out where they're working. You can then have a bit of a, you know, you know what, what they're about before you go hey my name is Nikki Simmons you know and that's it you know you need you need to have a bit of background to them as well true I mean talking about background so so we have we have a bit of sort of a couple of years behind our back already um your background and the more you know the more you've tried everything that you receive from the outside world so but before I went into the corporate environment I didn't even know what that was I had no clue. I just plunged into it because I enjoyed the space that it has in society, the sort of the the levers that it has access to in the space of you know DEI or um, or, or sustainability, right? They're, all they're producing. They've got money. They've got leverage over the supply chains. The consumers are paying attention to brands. So I thought, oh my goodness, I need to learn how this world functions. But I had no clue. Nothing was making any sense. Now I've done it for five years and my brain can automatically now categorize fresh input, even when I'm at events. I'm like, cool, this person is that, this person is that, boom, 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 boom. And it's sort of, it's, yeah, it becomes, it becomes categorized. I can quite quickly now flip through, develop the right angles and the right talking points. But that comes with experience and also having tried many different things. So Maybe this could be quite interesting for the audience, but so my background is actually in um, maritime sustainability. So I studied the fishes. <laughs> fishes, <laughs> the not fishes. Just fish. No, the fishes. <laughs> um, and coastal community management and balancing people, planet, and profit, um, where there were lots of interesting transferable skills coming out of this. Then I went to the ad industry very briefly. Then I went to corporate. Uh, meanwhile, doing a master's in policy making and international affairs and advocacy. So you know, I've just sampled a couple of different universes um, and I've picked the one that, that feels right for me. So I'd be quite curious, although I already know, obviously, but for demonstration <laughs> purposes, Nikki, what's your journey? Like, what have you tried? That's oh, a long journey, Tom. <laughs> well, just what you've tried. Like, don't be, don't be a me. Make it short and succinct. Well, I started off really just wanting to be an athlete, just wanted to play Olympic Games, play World Cup in hockey, but also tennis, because tennis was my dream to be a tennis mm. star, you know, and we play tennis actually together. So yes. we need to, well, when we're allowed, we need to get back into that. But yeah, basically I've had many careers and I think that's the message you want to say as well is that um, it's never too late to change your career either, right? You've got so much experience from from previous things. So for example, I was an athlete, but I was also a teacher. Um, and then I decided I want to do more in sports world. <coughs> Montessori. <laughs> a Montessori teacher, yes. Um, and then I decided to come to Switzerland, did a master's in sports management because of my athlete career. Um, and then I worked in sport for a long time and uh, five and a half years. But I got thrown into the digital world then, which I didn't have a clue about. Mm. But I was like, I knew how to help athletes to grow their their presence, to understand the reasons they needed to. When I started, like not many athletes had that presence, and especially in hockey. So for me, it was really trying to help them build as the international federation so i was in a good position to help that and to help them have a wider audience 
experience. So I really enjoyed that and then decided I wanted a bit of corporate life. I don't know why, but I just thought, you know what, I'm going to try that. But, but I did have a coach for a while. So an executive coach, because I felt I wasn't good enough for the Mm. corporate world because I thought it was this big like you said, big world that I'd be like, ah, scary. Yeah. I don't know what's going to happen. Do I really want to go there? But I knew I just wanted to try and, and really test myself. So I had a coach for a while. Um, so it's really important if you have not just a coach, a mentor, you can have a mentor. I had a mentor as well. They pushed me and said, you have so much to give to that world. And, and yeah, so that's what I'm doing now, mm. working in corporate, using the skills I've had as an athlete, as a teacher, Because you all know that we have to, you know, sometimes help people learn in different ways and show that people learn in different ways and work in different ways as well. So, yeah, I think that's it's the I guess the point is that you can change your mind and change your Mm. your career over time. It doesn't have to be directly out of university that you have this job and you stay there forever, especially nowadays. It may be back quite a few years ago that you stayed Mm. in the corporate for 20 years. Not quite the same now. I mean, my two main takeaways from your story, which I can listen to the story (laughs) forever, endlessly, although I already have forever (laughs) and endlessly, but I want to hear it again. Um, Most paths, and at least in in, in work, so let's, quick sidebar, let's put the coronavirus crisis aside for a second, let's put the the, the current state of the economy aside for a second. Mm. Generally speaking, in your career navigation, any road that you travel, it's very rare that you're going down a one-way path, right? There's always sort of like roads twisting off mm-hmm. of it. You can even go back, re-educate um, if you are if you are fortunate enough to have access to education. Um, so it's never too late to do this. So it's much less uh, for me when I realized this. It took a lot of the fear out mm-hmm. of it. Again, I was fishes, and then I was suddenly <laughs> in big corporate, and somehow it worked, and it was mm-hmm. fine. And people were actually really interested about my background. Because I was not the sort of the standard applicant that came out of business school. Um, so I think that's really. Yeah, you can my... reach your goals or dreams in so many different ways. Like I always dreamed about playing in the Olympic Games and never quite got there. It's another sad story we can talk about another time. But <laughs> I eventually then went to the Games with the International Hockey Federation. Mm-hmm. So I went in a different way. I experienced the Games. I realized it was, yeah, amazing, but it was just another tournament, right? It wasn't the be all and end all of the world anymore for me. So although it still hurts sometimes, I've talked a lot about it now. Um, I think, yeah, I realized that you can go in many directions to get to the same point. Right. Yes. Which to me, so on that, so what did you say? Say it one more time. This is going to be like the sound bite of the episode. Go again. Many directions to get to the same point. Thank you very much. So my spin on this is um, don't fixate too much on one plan. So I, at any moment in time, I have, you know, A to F, scenario A to F for my career, for my life, um, in which I can see myself, um, in which I could be happy, in which I could be excited. So if one door closes, I can say, not a problem at all, because I would also be quite happy doing this. Or this is another option, another space that I can rotate myself into. So again, mindset and sort of open open these... um, open these vessels for for the information that is around you so that they can actually fall into it. Because if, you've put, if there's still a lid on it, then you will just miss out. You won't see it. What will be... So we promised each other that we wouldn't make this into like a one-hour show, this special <laughs> episode, because we're so chatty. 
part of the reason why we created this podcast is that some of the things that you hopefully have heard already um, in the month of February about how to get jobs, um, what Nikki and I are talking about right now, you only learn the hard way. Everybody has to go through this arduous journey of being in the job market for years and years and years to finally unlock its secret language to figure out where jobs are, what it really feels like, who are you as a person, and we want to try and help all of you out there to be able to sample all of these and all the different industries that we can think of um, remotely with our expert speakers um, to learn from Nikki and myself, which is why over the next year, we have a very detailed content plan. <laughs> what we will do is we will rotate through different industries every month. So in March, we're going to talk about entrepreneurship. We're going to have some like amazing entrepreneurs on that will tell us about their story and specifically not what specifically about the information that you just can't google if you google how to be an entrepreneur then you will see affiliate marketing and do and this and that we want to know the hard tactical reality of what it means to be such a person what it takes uh, what are the trade-offs the sacrifices um, and we'll do the same with uh, big corporate we'll do the same with marketing advertising with the world of sports media publishing um, what I like to call saving the world so you know think about the United Nations what is it like to actually work for how do you get these jobs and is it for you this is something that you're keen in. So we are trying to help you with all of that, with hire. Because education never stops. It doesn't stop at school, right? Even when I was in school, I didn't want to be in school. <laughs> I wanted to be on the sports pitch. And look, I managed to do a, a master's in when I was 31. So th it does come back around. You change as you go. You develop, as you said. You, you start to know who you are. And I'm only starting to really know who I am now mm. and what I want. And I'm 38. So at the time of recording... Oh I know. I'm so sorry. Granny. Um, I've always been called granny, though, even as a hockey player. <laughs> I had my dodgy hips, but that's another story again. But yeah, I just think the lesson is, you know, things can change. I mean, the world's changing all the time and we have to adapt. Look how many jobs mm. now are coming up that are would never have seen before. <gasps> never would have seen some of the jobs before. Oh, my goodness, Nikki, you just... Okay, wait a second. So I'm going to be the <laughs> rudest. No, wait. A moment of silence for Nikki's point so it can like, settle in. Okay, does everybody have it? Otherwise, just zoom back, listen to it again. Otherwise, I'm going to lose my thought again. <laughs> when we, what I, what I wanted to say is, previously, you would probably change jobs three or four times throughout your lifetime. To your earlier point, what is now much more likely is that you will change your career three to four times mm -hmm. in your lifetime. You're already on career number one, two. You're already on the third, mm -hmm. right? I'm now going to the third. <laughs> Right, so this is true. This will keep happening. So keep exploring. Keep an open mind. Um, keep bearing with us, please, as we rant on about the world <laughs> of work and careers. We hope to be helpful. Um, if you would like to hear more about Nikki and myself specifically, then we can obviously do the next special episode. Nikki can interview me. I can tell you my story. Um, I can interview Nikki. Um, mm -hmm. She can tell you her story. Um, so let us know in the comment section on Go Hire Podcast for this special episode, um, if that's something that you're keen on. If we find answers, we shall deliver. Um, with that, Nikki, I think we must close. We are at 39 minutes and 23 seconds, at least on my recording. Quick, before 40. What? Let's go. Let's oh, quick. Start. Okay, yeah. let's go get it. Yes. Okay, shall we do it on three? Yes. Okay, on three, not after three. Okay. Okay, say bye, Nikki. Bye. Okay, bye. On one, two. Let's, let's go, go get, get it. it.